0: Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can.
1: Hey Soul Sisters, thanks for joining me again for this podcast episode, which has a special theme for this week. In the words of songstress Taylor Swift, how do we shake it off when the haters are going to hate? And I'm joined by a very special person. He's going to have a chat about her journey and experiences being in the public domain and how she's learnt to shake it off when the haters are going to hate. I have the numero uno number one leader of the city I live in in Newcastle, Australia. Hello and welcome Lord Mayor Nuitali Nelms. Hey Soul Sister, great to be here Mel. Thank you so much. So, how do we shake it off when the haters are going to hate? I'm thinking as somebody who's been in the public eye that you've probably seen or maybe been on the receiving end of
0: some of the haters. How long have you been Lord Mayor for now in Newcastle? I was elected in 2014, so I'm into my fifth year as the Lord Mayor and... Prior to that, I spent six years on council. So being able to have six years on the council, like essentially as you know, one of the council members, did lead me to be able to know exactly where I needed to put my efforts, particularly in the early years, which <laughs> was especially difficult. Yep. I just don't think in roles that are elected that you're not going to get some version of hate from somewhere, which is pretty random. So I guess in some essence, I had six years of build up to get a little bit of it because you always get, even the councillors that elected now get a little bit of it, but you get a lot more when you're (laughs) at the top of the tree. I can tell you that.
1: Which is interesting Mm. because I remember years ago, a lady that I know who was like a performance coach or something like that and she I was in a, in a workshop seminar and I remember she said the more that you are out there building your profile you know in the public eye whatever it is that you're doing you know what the more that people are going to want to tear you down and I remember hearing that thinking so depressing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's and cultural as well. Some of it's peculiar to an Australian culture. You know, everyone's talked about the tall poppy syndrome mixed with the glass ceiling, yeah. which is, has been and still is everywhere. But there are different cultures that probably don't tear you down as much. There's good and bad with that egalitarian type nature of Australian. So there's good in a socialist sort of perspective yeah. that, in fairness and justice for everybody yep. but any time you sort of stick your head up, doesn't matter what field you're in there's going to be some form of tearing down yep. and particularly if you put your name on a ballot paper, <laughs> by the very nature of it, you don't even have to do anything yep. they come thick and fast
1: Well, you're a brave woman because <laughs>
0: <laughs> Or naive
1: or stupid <laughs> Well, you know, our city is just thriving so you're obviously doing amazing oh, things there.
0: Get soulful and leave a review. Review us on So what was it that originally inspired you to join council or go into politics? So it probably is an unusual journey because local government is changing, but it is, you know, your average councillor is a white male in their 50s, and I was in my early 30s, and I just had my third child, Ruby, who's 12 now, and I had three under five, and my son was about to turn five. So I was... In the Labor Party, so I was involved sort of a roundabout way in politics, but never with an intention of being a politician. I thought that would be the worst thing on earth. And I even said to an elected member of state parliament back when I was about eighteen or nineteen. Said, Oh, where have you been? They said, I've been in Parliament. I was like, Oh, that sounds awful. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. So I had my children and I knew about politics like a lot of people do and I was in a lived in a political family where it's a lot of political discussion. And my father was actually on council. But there was there was women on council, but they were either older or retired or nearing retirement age so you know what it's like I'm pushing my pram with three children laden into it and a dog and going to a park and sometimes I'd walk like a few kilometers to get to the good park to meet other mothers but you know getting up and down curbs with no ramps and I just noticed a real lack of infrastructure for children and for young families in the city which was not peculiar to Newcastle at the time it's peculiar to a lot of places so I said to my dad I I said, I'm going to run for council. He said, Don't do that. It's yeah. terrible. It's awful. So that said to me, oh, my dad said no. So I'm definitely doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd seen some decisions that my father had made, just ones around the city and an urban environment and development that just did not fit with my generation or how my friends and growing up in Newcastle saw the city moving forward. And I was like, This is, you know, I'm only one, potentially one voice, but I think you needed another voice. So it's a bit of a process, but I ended up getting elected. Yay. Yeah. So my colleagues actually said to me, you should run for Lord Mayor. So I, I was a bit like, at first, honestly, no, that's, no, I don't want to do that. Like I was just going to do one term and then go back to my normal life. Yeah. But I thought, oh, why not? So I
1: love that. What have you got to lose? Yeah. What have Standing you got to lose? on the edge of the cliff, <laughs>
0: <laughs> jumping. Why not? <laughs> why not? So I thought, well, we have done a lot. And I'd learnt a lot as well, which is really important. It's not like you come with all of that knowledge. And the nature of how politics works for actual improvement of the common good is actually an art and a science in itself. And not everyone would understand that, but people in politics would know what I mean. And I understood that process and how to do it. And. The first time around, it, it's very hard to communicate that. That's sort of like dense, you know, how do you change a bureaucracy and legislation? Yeah. But by the time I was elected in 2014, knowing how those processes worked, I did know how to get in and affect that change quite quickly. And people were quite surprised. They'd made assumptions on my, I'm assuming, on my gender and my hair colour. They're like, oh, I didn't really think that you would know how to do that. Yeah. And to me, it, it always surprised me. I'm like, well... I don't know, I was 38 or something by this stage, and I'd been on council for six years and done a lot of work yeah I'm like it's not a surprise to me yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a surprise to me yeah but a surprise obviously to some people but a pleasant surprise yeah and a lot of men said that to me
1: yeah mm. absolutely and yeah, I, I remember last year when mm. we were shooting our campaign video for Got Your Back Sister Charity and we came to council to have council involved in that video and I said to the filmmaker okay we're gonna head to council shortly and we're just waiting for the Lord Mayor to be ready mm. and to come down and the filmmaker went oh okay no probs um yeah okay we'll go wait for him <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> i remember that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: and i remember i was so proudly going it's not a he it's a she. <laughs> but I found that so interesting that he automatically just assumes that the Lord Mayor of our city was a man. But I go, no, she's an amazing 30-something-year-old woman and mother of three. That's the other thing. I remember when we were doing, again, for our Got You Back Sister domestic violence campaign, getting some photos done outside the stadium and you came to be in the photos and you showed up and you had your two daughters and a school friend.
0: Probably, yeah. Yes. I'm always trailing around with some amount of children yes yeah. and so
1: you kind of came and you were like oh I'm opening eight parks today I'm at school holidays and I've got my kids in the car with me and they hopped out and I think they were going to get a drink from the coffee cart or a, a yes so, yes yes and your youngest daughter she was a bit cranky that day yeah. and she was giving you a hard time and I was just standing there watching going okay this is our Lord Mayor as part of her job, she's, you know, running around doing openings for the city in that particular day in school holidays with all her children. One of her children is busting the chops there yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's just doing the best. This is the epitome of an amazing working mum. And then I thought, I wonder how many of our male Lord Mayors... School holidays when they were working were dragging their children around.
0: Yeah, probably not many. Probably not many, and they probably had. They're often older as well. Yes, so they wouldn't maybe yeah. have had school-age children. They would probably might have even been having grandchildren.
1: Yeah. Well, I remember seeing you that day, and I was like, "Here's one for the working mums." Yeah. And I hope you don't mind. I just wanted to share that because no, I don't Okay, that's something that I don't think people see. They, you know, we see you in the paper, or we might see mm. you on the news. We see you, you know, out in in the public domain but I was like, you know, this is a moment of a mum, a working mum, doing oh, the best at school holidays, trying to keep the kids entertained, taking them along with her, yeah. doing
0: her work. And I was like, I wish people knew about this. Yeah, it's a daily occurrence. You should have been with me this morning. <laughs> and, well, I was swapping children with someone because one person's going to Maitland for netball, yeah. then their children missed the bus. So I said, we'll put them in my car. And then I swapped. Oh, you wouldn't even believe me if I told you. Yeah. For the first two hours of the day today it was just juggling children. But the good thing is technology, yeah. a lot of time, like, on the hands-free, on the yeah. phone, sorting things out as I Absolutely. drive around. Yeah. The children are not interested in any of my political <laughs> conversations. They put earphones in and leave I love me it. it. They're it. like, yeah, whatever, she's just the Lord Mayor. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> uh, they're, not, they're not interested in the slightest. Yo. Let's get soulful on social media. Search the Sister Code Facebook page and follow us on Instagram.
1: So recently on the ABC series, You Can't Ask That, which is an awesome series where the general public get to write in questions each week for a particular Topic. So each week there's a particular theme and there was one around domestic violence which you know was just amazing. There was another one around cancer survivors. Now that one particular week there was an episode on politicians and one of the questions that was put to these different politicians was why does politics shit on women? Some of the responses if men and women were very much like, do you know what? Sexism is alive and well in politics, misogyny. It's a real boys' club. And it was actually a man, a young man, he looked like he was in his 30s and he went, oh, it's still a boys' club. Mm. And then, of course, there was another female politician that kind of went, oh, I don't think it's that bad. I I don't know. I, I suppose I'd really love your thoughts around that.
0: Yeah, it's a very good question and an interesting question. And given my framework is local government, which has been very male dominated and still is much more so these days than even other in other parliaments and it's probably the nature of work so in new south wales councillors are only stipend part-time bigger cities like newcastle are full-time mayors like macquarie's full-time mayor i think a lot of the mayors actually in the Hunt lower hunter now all full-time roles so it's difficult like if you're in the peak of your career you actually have to leave that to go and take on these roles so sometimes you have to look at how work is structured so you look at female dominated industries often lower paid different types of tasks in the male dominated industries like the trades and the like so if you look at the structure of work and the structures of parliament and local government how i've mentioned it they have been traditionally male dominated areas i mean You know, it wasn't really that long ago. It's a recent history in the history of the world that women could actually vote. Yeah. So if you take all of those structural constraints into account and then you look at where you're putting women with other commitments, i.e. traditional primary caregiver roles, not always, to be fair, not always, then you're mixing up the type of work that you do and the hours you're expected to work within very dif- difficult circumstances. yeah. So I have to make decisions about, you know, what type of work I was going to do in politics if I was staying in it around also caring for three children. Yep. It's not that easy to go. People go, oh, why don't you go to Canberra? or Why don't you go to Macquarie Street? Look, I've got three children. It's not actually that easy. And people do do it, so it's all possible. Yeah. But you're in these workplaces that are male-dominated – So there are networks of friendships that exist in there and they've been – deals are done on golf courses or in businessmen's clubs or wherever – where women aren't traditionally part of that decision-making mix. And whether people mean it or not, culturally Newcastle was run by – and I don't even know all their names, people with money and power, which are older white men, yeah. and they struggled to relate to me. Like They would have conversations, and they don't mean it, yeah. but they would yeah. like just assume that I, I don't know, either didn't know what I was talking about. I, I'm not sure, but they didn't ever deal with women at the same level. It's not just that more conservative side of society. It happens in the progressive world. Like I had a decent toe to toe with someone in the union movement yesterday. Yeah. Wow. So this is just peculiar to this person and it's not widespread, let me tell you. He doesn't know it and he's not that old. He's full-blown misogynist yeah Yeah, wow yeah I told him yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. awesome Mm. I love it I told him (laughs) yeah yeah well if I don't stand up for myself they would eat me alive literally yeah strip the skin off me and chew me up and spit me out and enjoy it yeah Mm. I had
1: an experience like that years ago when I was in my 20s I got a job and I was I look back now I was a baby and I was so green But the organisation that I worked for, it was me, 27, with a whole range of men in their 50s and there were a lot of them ex-bankers. I would be in tears most days. I didn't last very long Mm -hmm. at all. Somebody said to me, you're a lamb to the slaughter in this place. But I was young. I'd never experienced that before and I did not know how to stand up for myself. But it was really interesting because after I left that place and I um, got another job actually working for WorkCover, I became hypervigilant and I was like, I'm never going to let that happen to me again.
0: Yeah. So, okay, learning experience. (laughs) It is. And some people say, you know, it's great that you're a woman and you're doing all this work. I don't honestly think about it a lot. Yeah. And I do stand on the shoulders of the first female Lord Mayor in Australia, Joy Cummings. Joy Cummings. (laughs) Legend, amazing woman. and. The personal effect, look, I only got to meet her when I was a little girl and she was, you know, unwell, but the stories I've heard of how she was treated are quite phenomenal. What she endured is probably way worse than I potentially will ever have to endure. She
1: really led the way then, I guess, yeah. Absolutely,
0: yeah. absolutely. Want to fill your soul with more? Go to sisterco.com.
1: There seems to be a lot of haters within the political world but also within the community that throw mud and try and inject venom when they can.
0: How do you deal with that? Yeah, I guess it's a myriad of ways because yeah. with social media, there's a couple of haters that are just pumping out vitriol, yeah. tagging me in it or saying I'm this or saying I'm that. And look, I just know it's not true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, like, yeah, yeah, I guess I have like an interesting mix of personality traits. Yeah. But it's all very well and good to say it's not true. But there's enough people around me that yeah. believe in what we're doing. And although I'm, to be fair, the Lord Mayor and a lot of stuff falls to me, which is a bit more of a dual responsibility to also lead but protect the people around me from that vitriol. Yeah, If they channel it to me, it's probably better than dishing it out to people that can't deal with it or it's going to quite affect and upset. And then those people by default, because we've all got the same shared vision, are very supportive of where Newcastle's going, what we're doing and it is actually a very collaborative process.
1: We all Deep down I think wanna be liked. Yeah. We want oh. to be liked and
0: validated yeah. and validated
1: as human beings. Yeah. And again, kind of mentioned before, when I was in my twenties being devastated because, you know, I would have an older male, you know, call me girly and mm. and really tear shreds off me. That was devastating. But over the years You know, I can really see one of my life lessons has been to turn a blind eye or come up with a way of not needing to be liked so much or the validation. And that's not going, oh, I want people to hate me. That's just going, it's within myself that I don't need to be liked.
0: Yeah. So, I separate stuff out, I guess, in my mind. I'm at work doing things for other people and for the city and for the greater good. Yeah. I'm not so involved in politics. And I didn't get into politics to be a politician or to be liked. And that is a thing. They, yep. are, they do exist and can see them. Yeah. But the ones that get in to the political world because they've got, without saying mean, like a little bit of personal insecurities and they want to be liked and this is a bit of validation for them personally, fraught. Because what happens is it clouds your decision making. Yeah. So you need to sort of be very clear in what your personal motivations are for doing the role that you're doing. Like I don't know exactly how to explain it but I've always been able to separate it out yeah I played a lot of competitive sport you know yeah. to yes we are going to win and take over this whole basketball tournament and we're gonna you know yeah. it's not just yeah I'm having fun with my friends which I was it's like we're training 24 hours a day yeah and we will be the best at what we want to do playing sport yeah But when you walked off the court, you walked off the court, you might be disappointed if you didn't win, but you didn't carry it around with you. So I think growing up playing competitive sport at that level, having good coaches, like professional coaching around you, having that sort of understanding of teamwork, potentially made it easy for me to step into an arena that might have been competitive you know, on the floor, like maybe yeah. during meetings or wh- whatever you're doing, but be able to walk away at the end of that and go, "Well, that is that," yeah. And I'm a person doing something completely separate now. Yeah. And I just don't hold on to things. Don't yeah. hold on to it. Let it go. Let it go. It's frozen. <laughs> I it, yeah. It's 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 true though. Yeah. It's good and bad because sometimes I forget if people have been mean to me because everyone's <laughs> been mean to me, and I'll be like somewhere, "Oh, hey, how are you going?" And I'm like, a couple of years ago. I think that you trashed me online. I'm like, oh well, you know. Yeah, yeah. We've moved on from that, which yeah. is awesome
1: because mm. by holding on to the mm. what, whatever the vitriol that mm. haters are throwing at you, mm. that's just bringing you down. Yeah. So yeah. it's actually being out, like truly being able to go, I'm just going to shake
0: that off. Yeah. And and rise above it. Well, sometimes it's like upsetting, but yeah. you can't. I just don't think if you held on to that, yeah. and believed what they were saying, or you know, God only knows what they were doing. If you believed it, yeah you would you would sort of eat yourself from the inside out. So no. A I don't believe it, B I know they're wrong, and C <laughs> I I I know I'm right. I just know that I'm being fair in my decision-making processes so I can, you yes. know, stand up and own all the all of the decisions you need to make in these roles.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting, I remember I'm having a chat to Charlotte a therapist and my mindfulness guru. Yes.
0: When I'm having a hard time,
1: she's mm. my go-to zen person. And um, you know, she said something to me once about you know, when we're kind of struggling internally or, or the best thing we can do is actually go, hang on, what's our purpose again? Our purpose is it to actually be of service and help other people. And really yeah. when you come back to that mm. – it, kind of everything falls into place. And I and I know I have to do that myself. Sometimes I get really caught up. I'm like, oh, are we going to have enough money to pay for Blight within the mm. Got You Back Sister charity? You know, have we, yeah, uh, how, how are we going to pay for that or um, I hope that this campaign works or whatever it is. And I can get really caught up in those negative thoughts and then I have to come back to Charlotte's voice in my head of going, do you know what, we're just about servicing women in our community that have experienced domestic violence. If I come back to that, everything else
0: will fall into place. I think I read books. Buddhism for mothers, did you read that no. when your children were little? That didn't come out until like my son's nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> it was like you know, be mindful when you're washing up or you know yeah. whatever. It was more than that, but there was a few things probably around. I think I'm better at my job because I had children and have been through that because sometimes it's like dealing with children (laughs) and some of the things I have to deal with. But it's not just being confident in your decision-making, it's also understanding what is in your sphere of control and being clear about that. So people will often come to me or get upset about things that they want in the city or they want for their own lives but i also very upfront with them and go, in local government – I can control the delivery of this. I can advocate at different levels of government or in business or in civil society for this and being really open and transparent about what you can actually do. So people get really anxious, I've noticed, and stressed, but most of the time it's things they can't control. Yeah. So all if people are abusing me online or abusing me like they did yesterday or last week, <laughs> it's been an interesting time to film this. It's not always like this, but I've yeah. had a fair amount of <laughs> instances in the last few weeks. Yeah. And anyway, it's just been full on. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't control how other people are going to behave. Yeah, It's not in my sphere of control, but I can control how I'm going to behave and or react to those situations or what I'm going to do about it. Those are some very, very wise <laughs> words. Um, my favorite podcaster, which is Rob Bell from the Robcast,
1: he says, wisdom is a woman. Ah, that's good. <laughs> I love it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Support a sister and leave us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. Do you ever cry? Yes. But, but maybe like, I don't really get to watch television or movies, but maybe like sad movies and stuff.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Do you ever cry from oh, the children. children that's thrown at you? Oh, no. No way. I'd never let <laughs> don't let the – can you swear in this? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Don't let the bastards get you down. No way. Like I would more likely tear shreds back off them if that was appropriate, which it is not, so I don't. Yeah. But if Archie or Stella or Ruby will do something or they'll show me a good school report or they will tell me something, you know, really great that they've done, Yeah, I'll go, oh. That's so beautiful. They go, stop crying about it, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Kids even keeping talking, it real. Yeah, even, them t- even me talking about the little things that they do or tell me about, yeah. that's what I get emotional about. Yeah. I'm not super emotional about work. It's not really a great place to be emotional.
1: Okay, another quick one. Why do you think haters are going to hate? It's human
0: nature, tall poppy syndrome, you know, people Mm. will get in a mindset Mm. and won't change it and politics is set up to be competitive. Mm. You're on this team, you're on this team, you're on this team, go to war. I think as well, um, one of the things that I've learned, I've had two bad
1: haters. One of them I didn't really care about. The other one shook me because it was a friend. Yeah. I thought was a friend and they absolutely betrayed me. And yeah. when I look back, I think both of those people had very big egos, but I actually think it was the opposite, that they were very fragile inside.
0: I know, I think yep. one of the ones you're talking about Yeah. and I can tell you from my, like, this is, now, <laughs> this is not like have a chat with the Lord Mayor about haters. This is like Nuwetali, are you an armchair psychologist? <laughs> I love it. But that's, Awesome. But literally that's yeah. how I negotiate and get around in my job is an actual understanding of human nature and how people interact and work. Yeah. I don't think I could be successful and I'm not always perfect at it, but you have to understand if you're going into any negotiation or whatever it is with someone that what they're bringing to the table and what's going on in their world And that what you're talking about, I think, was filled with their own deep-seated anxiety about some things that had happened in their life that would have been, honestly for them, not pleasant and really hard to process and deal with because it involved a lot of public rejection. Yep. at the end of the day, which is not pleasant. You know, I've experienced a bit of that too myself. Yeah, It's very unpleasant and you need a lot of yep. support around you to deal with it. Yeah, And if you don't have that support or even a mindset to deal with it and you're not coping, yep. you lash out at other people. Yep. This is not just politics. This is yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, life. Yeah, absolutely. And it seemed like just at that point in time you were popping your head up Oh, look, I want to do something. Yeah. And then you just got whacked hard. Yeah. Which is not fair. It's not fair for you. Yeah. It's not appropriate. Yeah. But I could see how that occurred. Oh, the wisdoms and the journey of life, hey. Yeah. 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 I felt bad for you. <laughs> I felt partially responsible too. So I'm sorry about that. It's what it is. It is what it is. But the beautiful thing is. That's my favorite saying. It is what it is. Yeah. Is 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 yeah. yeah, is. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm.
1: I love that too. Yeah. Yes. The joys of life. Okay. So to wrap up, what do you think are your top tips to the everyday woman who's had a bit of mud thrown at them, they've got a hater,
0: they're feeling like crap, how do they shake it off? I started exercising more back in the day. I love it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> that was unexpected. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just trying to think what I did yeah. because basically like as a, it's a whole thing as a as a mm. mother or even as a parent these days, to be fair to a lot of men who are doing a lot of, you know, household duties and caring in this modern world, which is amazing, mm you have to look after yourself yeah because if you're not looked after how then do you look after the people around you and do your job yeah. so there was a point where I was like you know people were saying God you're working long hours God you're under a lot of stress and I'm someone that played a lot of sport and did a lot of exercise and it's the endorphins yeah it's natural endorphins so just exercise try and keep yourself as physically healthy as possible yeah. makes a huge difference yeah and just be around people. You I've heard lots of different theories on this. Like who are the top five people you spend time with? Because yeah. what you're saying to the world is this is what I value yeah. and this is the important people in my life. It might be because of work that you're spending that much time with people. Yeah. But that is the core influences yeah. of how potentially your next five years will be. Maybe not necessarily 20, yeah. but they are the people. Yeah. So have people directly around you and spend time with people that you – are going to enrich you and either, you know, help you achieve whatever it is you want to achieve. And they help uplift you. Yes, yes. You know, I I absolutely agree. And when I'm,
1: you know, speaking to women around domestic violence who got you back, sister, that's one of the things. I talk about the five Mm. people and I see a light bulb go off many of them because I've never actually stopped and thought about who are the top five people in my world that I spend the most time with and are they uplifting me? Mm. Are they positive people and having a positive influence? Or when I'm with them, do
0: they bring me down or make me feel like shit. You know. a- absolutely. And what do you do together? Yeah. Are you working? Are you socializing? Are you up to no good? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it, it, yeah. and then if you stop and sort of just it doesn't take very long to reflect. Yeah, just reflect, and maybe you know tweak around the edges or make big changes. It just depends on what it is that makes you happy. And everybody's different. Yeah. Everybody has a different. Drive or not, everyone is going to want to be the Lord Mayor of Newcastle, which is good for me because it makes a ballot paper with less people on it. But it also is one of those very complex, difficult roles that, you know, I definitely would have to say on reflection of myself, didn't have every school that you needed in 2014. I had enough and I survived it. It was tough. But the people of Newcastle in 2014 said, no, we want to give you a go. So it's a very big responsibility. I felt like everyone, like even though if you didn't vote for me, doesn't matter, I still have a responsibility to service all of those people and their needs and make sure as much as I can control their future through local government, that I'm doing the best for everybody else as well. So beautiful. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Wisdom really is a woman. Yes. And it's Nuitali Nelms. Lord Mayor
1: of Newcastle, Australia. Thank you. so much for coming and sharing your journey and also those tidbits about how do we shake it off with the haters when they're going to hate I would say if anybody has any questions you can send them through via the Sister Code Facebook page Brilliant! and we're very very grateful that you gave up your lovely precious time to come and have a chat today you're very
0: very welcome, it's been a pleasure it's always a pleasure Mel Thanks for listening to Hey Soul Sister with Mel Histon What would help you on your crazy life journey? Email melissa at thesistercode.com